Yeah. We're, we're live uh, because Nick got here literally five freaking seconds ago. Oh, my God. Too funny. Oh, welcome, everyone. Oh, whoever's well, I, here. There's well, four I, people here already. Well, I said we were live, and you said not yet. And I said, well, it can't be t too much longer. And you were like, no, we're going live, and yeah, we're live. Because it was just like, and now. But being that we're here. Oh, wait, I got to shut my monitor off. Hey, how about that? Y'all can hear me, right? You can hear yes. me okay? Yes. All right. Well, since there's at least four people here, that means that we can play the uh, intro. This intro is very special. There is a theme to it, and I want to see if y'all can pick it out. What do you think? Let's see. Let's see. Cover to Covered is a podcast that features two idiots talking about music at length, and occasionally a dog does make an appearance. There will also be special guests from time to time that will show up, and they will be smarter than the hosts. And the hosts will give their opinions. By the way, they are exactly that. Opinions. They are not truths, they are not fallacies, and they do not reflect the views or opinions of their employers or those they employ. So with that, just enjoy the damn show. not believe how many pictures there are of gene simmons and paul stanley eating i was gonna say uh i wanted to take a guess at the theme of the intro was it uh rock and brews restaurants no it was just eating and the main reason is because of that one picture of gene simmons after the very last show <laughs> in madison square garden with his I, like he hadn't even made it fully out of like the stage area he's just got he's got his inner monitors draped around his his shoulders still has blood all over his face fully in costume eating a hot dog i need a hot dog immediately stat you know nick i only have hebrew national because they answer to a higher calling they're kosher <laughs> so yeah I Show off picture. your Kiss shirt. Oh, yeah. So this is... All right. So the funny story about this Kiss shirt. So there you go. There it is. All right. Uh, there you go. <laughs> so this Kiss shirt was, was gifted to me for my birthday by my friend Sharon. Hello, Sharon. You're probably watching. Uh, and she got it in Japan. So it is, uh, it's kind of meta because it's like Japanese characters of Kiss that she bought the shirt in Japan. Now, this is my first time wearing it. I figured, all right, I'm going to save it for the show. Now, I don't know if you know about sizings, but when you go on, like, on Amazon sometimes, or depending on where you buy from, it says extra large or Asian sizing. Now, Asian extra large is this, which is, like, kids medium in the U.S. Because <laughs> we just eat way too much. Yes. So, yeah, I feel like a kiss sausage right now <laughs> wearing this shirt. But I am wearing it, so... And it's a cool shirt. It just gives me some. It gives me another reason to go, you know, go for a run. Yeah, but you show. could probably run like Forrest Gump, and that shirt still wouldn't fit properly. That's not a dig at you. It's the fact that it's from Japan. Exactly. So it's, uh, yeah, it's one of those kind of things. 
So anyway, I like the shirt. Shirt's cool. It's really cool. Um, so anyway, welcome to the show, everybody who is here. My name is Mike. That is Nick. Nick, what store do you own? Rock City Music Company. And where are you located? Five Mile in Farmington in Livonia, Michigan. And where can we find you? RockCityMusicCo.com and all social media platforms. Yay. Platforms. Platform. You know, I wear platform shoes for the past 50 years. Boy, my bunions are huge. <laughs> Did you... We'll get into it in a, in a little bit. We probably don't have to start doing that now. Well, Gal, Gal McCartney did make a good comment. Gene Simmons is patenting kiss sausage as we speak. <laughs> and kiss I will be, sausage and the, the S's have the, yeah. the kiss S. Yes. And sausage. Yes. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll get into a whole bunch about kiss this episode because we're going to be talking about a few things. But the topic of the day is kiss end of the road maybe maybe possibly like what, is, what does this mean so for those of you that don't know you have to be living under a freaking rock not to know kiss has been on a farewell tour for the past 25 years so <laughs> that's not fair that's not fair to say <laughs> it's not far off man like they did the reunion that was supposed to be done in like 2001 and they just kept going and going like the energizer they bunny kept, except they kept paving more, more road as paul yes. stanley said <laughs> you know we paved some more road it is the end of the road but they just keep paving more road you know i i charge f by the foot for the road <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> after 57,000 years, Kiss is finally done, quote unquote. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to and it's all speculation. All right. Yes. But Nick and I have followed Kiss long enough to know that this probably really isn't it. Right. I don't know. I'm I'm in I'm in the middle. I think you're more on the you're more toward the side of they're full of shit than I am. Uh, yeah, because Gene didn't meet a dollar he didn't like. So, I mean, and I'm not, that's not a bad thing. All right. I'm not saying that as a bad thing. I will say this much for Kiss, and we'll talk more about this in a minute. But uh, I will say that they have been, as much as we make fun of them about trying to sell everything and make money, I don't know another band that works harder in that regard. Yeah. Like, there really isn't, right? Yeah. If, if, Three quarters of the bands, if more than three quarters of the bands that are out there today looking to make it or have a label worked as hard as Kiss, they they would be in a much better position. Yep. Let, let's let's be honest. So let's give Kiss their due on that one. But we're going to table that for now. Right now, we want to get to some really important stuff. Like this is the holiday season, so we got things coming out all the time, right? But yep. most importantly, most importantly, what are you listening to, Nick? Oh, I'm starting. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, I finished the uh, last last time we we did a show. I talked about how I was listening to the Getty Lee uh, memoir, My mm. F in Life. Yep. Uh, I I finished that up. Outstanding book for anybody out there that's a uh, music bio uh, buff or a Rush fan or a Getty Lee fan or just a music fan in general. You gotta you gotta read this book. It's so honest and uh, very interesting. And it goes deep on a, on a lot of different things. Uh, but in listening to that, 
as it usually does when I'm reading uh, a, a, a biography or listening to one, it makes me go back and sort of reassess some great stuff that I've always loved about these bands that sometimes you, you, you just, uh, you get tired of it in, in ways like I love kiss and rush and iron maiden and these bands that had a huge influence on me, but I wore myself out on it so much that I rarely am like, Oh, 2112. It's time for 2112. Um, but actually the biggest thing I've been listening to because of that is that Rush's last album, Clockwork Angels, because uh, Getty goes on to say in the book that he feels that it's their best work and their most like uh, accomplished. And Neil Peart felt the same way or Peart, however you prefer to say it. Uh, felt Peart. That, Peart, Peart is correct, but we all grew up with Peart. With Peart. Um, but Peart they, is correct they felt that it was their strongest effort. So that made me, I, I saw Rush on the Clockwork Angels tour and I bought the album when it came out and I thought it was really good. And I listened to it pretty hardcore when it was fresh, but I haven't gone back to it. And I mean, the record's 11, almost 12 years old already, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but I haven't listened to it in a long time. So I popped that on and I listened to it a few times through just cause I, I hadn't, you know, I hadn't heard it in so long and it was fucking brilliant. I mean, the, the playing on it is great. The song structures are awesome. I, I, I like the concept of it. I think it's pretty well done, especially if you take the time to like read the liner notes and stuff, um, really well done. And I think especially the bass playing, and the drumming, which you could say about any Rush record, of course, yeah. but like the bass playing and the drumming is way more from just like an like a punchy, just like attitude, almost heavy side of things from both of those guys. And I think like the drumming on Headlong Flight is just fucking awesome. So it, it was great to go back and revisit that. So that's a long answer of what I've been listening to. Sorry that, and then uh, uh, the Atlantic seventy five series keeps on giving, man. There you go. I'm loving uh, that. Quick, a uh, little asterisk, not asterisk, but a note on Clockwork Angels. When Nick Raskolinix became their producer for uh, Snakes and Arrows, like, like you could tell that the, the sound really changed and got heavier again and became like the three piece. And, you know, yeah, there were some keyboards in there, but yeah. he really brought them back to what he loved, which is what I loved, like the rock version, you know, the real rock prog rock version of Rush. And that was very evident on Clockwork Angels. And if you read the notes, the libretto, if you will, uh, you can learn a lot about it. But then somebody actually wrote a book based on the album with Neil Peart's like input and yeah, and, yeah, he was involved. Thumbs up. Yeah. So called Clockwork Angels. So that kind of tells the fully fleshed out story if you want to look at it uh, that way. Um, no, that's I mean it's a great album. It really is. I mean, if you're gonna go out, that's one way to go out. You know, yeah. on 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 a good album. Is it their best? No, but it's a really good album. You know, a lot of great. You know, Caravan, B-U-T-B, uh, Headlong Flight, like you said, The Anarchist. Like, there's yeah. lots of great songs on that album. Uh, but I could totally nerd out on Rush Forever. We already know this. Oh, by the way, speaking of Rush, look what I got in the mail the other day. Ooh, the Rush Mustard? I got Rush Mustard. Two of my favorite things, Rush and Mustard. There we go. So I got two of these because uh, now they're out of them. Uh, I don't know if they're making any more. Of course, course they are. Yeah. The Rush uh, fans are almost as bad as the Kiss fans. Uh, no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. We're, we're making Kiss beats. I'm not talking about for recording. We're actually growing beats, and we're jarring them. And we'll put the makeup on each beat. Yeah. 
<laughs> and we'll call it Eat to the Beat Beats. Um, so, uh, anyway, uh, so what am I listening to? This. This is this has been on the the rush mustard. No, the rush mu- yes, the rush mustard. No, this right here. Yes. And so, you did a pretty deep uh comparison on that too. You you sent I me a did. message about it. I did, and I actually I didn't do like the the full recorded one like I wanted to do cuz like I just have only so many hours in the day and I can only be a nerd for so long. Um but the uh oh, wow. Yeah, ma. Yeah, Ma, I don't like Rush. <laughs> I don't like Rush. After 40 years of listening to them, no. No, I actually don't like them. In fact, I do it out of masochism. Um, so, yeah, the obviously what I just showed you all was Van Halen, the very first Van Halen album, finally released on Mobile Fidelity, as has been promised for well over 18 months at this point. I think they announced that right around the time Kiss announced the farewell tour. Back in 1973, yeah, it was, yeah. About, <laughs> it was about that time it seemed. Uh, so the uh, Jerry, this this only came out like what last three weeks week? ago, no, two weeks ago, I think it was. Yeah, it was, it was two weeks ago. Like the minute you told me, Nick, I ordered it that second, and I got it two days later. Yep. And I was like, oh, okay, because I, I didn't expect it to come that fast. I was thrilled about that. So it's uh, twelve thousand pieces individually numbered i got number 1805 uh and it is the first van halen album done as an ultra disc one step uh so it's 45 rpm double album on their uh what do they call super vinyl which is like basically uh a notepad that has grooves in it as far as the thickness of it and i have to say the remastering of it is really really good so nick said i took a deep dive on it and i did what i did was and it was at your behest too i mean you said hey how does it compare to this and that and i'm like oh wow let me do that right so i compared it against my og 1978 you know version and then against uh i recently procured Van Halen uh, had uh, the Van Halen Collection 2 that came out, which was all the Sammy albums, and that was released in the U.S. and Europe. But there was a Collection 1 that was released as well, only in Europe, and that's all the David Lee Roth era albums. I got that. The ones you want. The ones you really, really want. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I compared it against that, which was a 2015 remaster. Even though they just released it, it's from the 2015 remaster they did a few years back. So I listened to it. And this is the best of the three. The Mobile Fidelity one is definitely the best of the three. A close second. As it should be, based on price point. As it should be. But the OG was really close. I mean, it was really, really good in comparison. What was disappointing was that 2015 remaster. Yep. In comparison, if you didn't listen to the other two, it's fine. Yep. But if you listen to it against the other two... It's sizzly and it has way too much in the in the way of like just uh, like way too much high high end. It's a it's a little shrill it's real bright. Yeah, it really is on the symbols, especially that's really where you hear it. So um, so I highly recommend the mobile fidelity version between. All right. First of all, that cost as much as the collection one. Yep. Uh, so which has six albums. This is one album, but you get what you pay for. It's 125 bucks right now until they run out. Then when they run out, Nick, what do the prices go to? Oh, it'll be 350, 400. 
yep. 450. Easily. It'll keep going up. Dude, especially especially if it sounds great, which uh, Mike's not blowing smoke. I keep seeing people reviewing it and saying it sounds phenomenal. So it really does. It is one that once it sells out, it'll it's gonna it's gonna go up significantly in value. So if you if you're on the fence about that one, grab it while you can. They did do a good amount of them. Um, you know, considering that when they first started doing the one step series, they were doing, you know, 1500 copies, 2000 copies. I think, yeah. uh, you know, when they did Donald Fagan, the night fly, which is like the second or third one, that was like the first time they did like 4,000 copies. That's you know? why they but, got in trouble though. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Now they're wishing they didn't do that title. Yeah, really. Um, don't but, call attention to that one. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> now it's at least a manageable quantity where pe people don't if you don't get it the day it's announced you have a shot at it but like mike's saying it's once it's gone it it, it will it will increase significantly in value it probably will and because they all do i mean how much did, well your exodus was mofi or was that that's uhqr, UHQR. That was yeah. UHQR, yeah but i mean a lot of these i mean there's there's sites on facebook and elsewhere where you, you know people trade these and they trade for well more than what they were new yep by hundreds of dollars and and even if you're not doing it for that reason because i mean we all know that vinyl will probably take a dump at some point in the future because there's going to be some chip that's implanted in your head that sounds better or whatever hey man quote unquote sounds better right um you know even if it's not for that it's sonically it's phenomenal it really is and i'm sure that with each sub subsequent release like this is twelve thousand. i'm sure the other ones will be less mm -hmm. yeah yeah you know you notice like i mean even with um the uhqr of the you know they're going through the whole all the steely dan catalog yeah which we've discussed at length here asia has more copies pressed than the than the rest of the catalog by a significant amount like i think asia's thirty thousand, and the and others are that from 20 initially right. it was 20 and then they upped it to 30 because they're like oh wait a minute we can make a lot of money with this one exactly <laughs> and the and the other so the and the others are i think the 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 less appreciated albums are like 15,000 and then the like Royal Scam and uh Gaucho I think are 20,000 but like as you yeah. mentioned Asia is 30,000 but even still when you think about that like Asia is a multi-platinum record yeah. so even if three percent of people that already bought it once want that version of it it's going to go fast. So um, it's definitely worth worth the money. If you got a, a good enough system, uh, you don't have to have a $100,000 system to appreciate that. That's a common misconception. But you also shouldn't be playing it on a Crosley. So, yeah, these are not for closing plays. Uh, no. These, are, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, anything that, that rhymes with Crosley, uh, or actually is Crosley, um, <laughs> yeah, you'll ruin the record. It's not that it yeah. won't sound good. It's you'll actually hurt the record. Yep. So, um, because they, they use inferior parts and it'll just not really go your way. Same thing with those, um, those all inclusive units that have like a, uh, turntable and a cassette deck and yep. a, and Bluetooth in, the in it and a CD and, yeah. player. Yeah. Don't. I mean, they're they're fine to sit in your living room or whatever and throw the radio on, or if you want to use Bluetooth or whatever, play some dollar records on it or whatever when people are at home. But don't buy one of those and then buy forty dollar new reissues. Yeah, exactly. Let's <laughs> let let's temper our. You know, if 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 you buy three records and it costs more than your record player, there's a problem. <laughs> Put it that way. Yes. If you buy one of these and it costs twice as much as your record player, there's a problem. Uh, so anyway, 
That's yes. what I'm listening to. So um, really quickly, what's coming out this week? Anything cool? Yeah, a um, couple things here. Hang on. Let me just get to my list. I had three things I wanted to bring to everybody's attention. Do that. I'm going to get water. Okay. So the first thing is is uh, Mot- Motley Crew, Not Motley Crew, Mott the Hoople. What a terrible mistake to make. Mott the Hoople is celebrating uh, 50th anniversary of their album, All the Young Dudes, which, uh, of course, features probably their most famous song, All the Young Dudes, written by David Bowie. Uh, there's two different uh, versions. One is a super deluxe um, 50th anniversary set with two vinyl LPs, a 72-page hardcover book, two CDs, and uh, multiple posters. I think it comes with a signed picture from Ian Hunter. Um, and uh, tons of outtakes, live stuff, etc. cetera. Um, but if that is too much investment for you, because obviously you got to be a giant Mott the Hoople fan to appreciate that, uh, there is a regular 2LP version, uh, which features the album, the original album remastered, and then a disc of demos, live stuff, and a uh, little bit of everything that you would get on the box set. And that is on orange vinyl, 140-gram orange vinyl. Uh, for the jazz folks, the uh, Blue Note Classic series keeps on moving. Um, I'm pretty sure they're not going to stop until they reissue every album that Blue Note has ever released <laughs> because they're, they've been running two classic vinyl series and two tone poets for... for uh, how, why does that keep happening? <laughs> We're trying to figure out what the... F- you just cause balloons, dude. And last week I was getting the thumb or two last show, yeah. I should say. Uh, we've been doing, uh, but they've been, Blue Note's been doing four releases a month pretty much for like three years. So, um, and they're all great quality, all mastered by Kevin Gray, uh, great sleeves, and they replicate the original liner notes and all that good stuff. And then finally... One of my favorite albums of all time, getting a 30th anniversary reissue, Black Crow's Southern Harmony and Musical Companion, without a doubt, the the best record they made. And I love all the Black Crow's records, but, but Southern Harmony is far and away their best record, if you ask me. And since this is partially my show, we're going to say it's Southern <laughs> Harmony. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right, fair enough, man. Listen, I've hung out with that dude the past two New Years, so yes, uh, I'll make sure I tell him that you know if he if he shows up this year, be like, listen, Chris, Southern Harmony, it's your best album. It is. So here's yeah. the here's one thing though that I want to take I want to take a little side note on. Um, there's been a version of Southern Harmony out for the last like I don't know five or six years that's on two LPs, and the reason that is is because when the record was first originally released in 92 uh not a lot of bands were doing vinyl it was really a european only thing that we've discussed a million times and that record's long so the fact that it was on a single lp it kind of affected the sound quality so when they did the first reissue they spread it out to two lps well for some reason this reissue is back to a single disc lp which i've never seen any artist or label go let's reduce the size so we charge less than what we what we could um but that's just on the regular release there is a four lp box um that has the album in it a disc of uh demos and outtakes and a full live show um 
with a book and all that, uh, some photos, all the all the extra stuff that we've come to see in all of so these. So they made up and, for it, is what you're saying, by quadrupling the amount of albums. Yes, but the price point is significantly different. I mean, the four <laughs> LP set with the book is like 175 bucks, where the regular LP is like 27.99. So well, what if I buy just four of the regular LP? <laughs> then I'll get four LPs. It'll cost me 75 dollars less, and I mean. Yes. Not the same? Not the same? Not, not the same at all. Not the same. Okay. But, again, I will die on the hill that Southern Harmony is their best record. Okay. There and we it, go. And for those that don't know, that's the one with Remedy. Well, that's good. So, you know Remedy's one of the biggest... Song. It is. I told you about my, my uh, first interaction with Chris, right? Yes. It's too funny. Yeah, you know, I never really was a big fan of your band, but then I, I saw you guys do Shake Your Money Maker this summer, and you came around, right? Yes, <laughs> y- yes, Chris. Yes, I did. <laughs> I can't believe you said that to him. I wasn't really a I fan being, of you guys. I said, look, I was just being honest with him because I didn't want to be like, you know, hey, nice to meet you. I know you're Chris Robinson. I'm going to lick your butthole. Like, you know, it's not... It's not about that. It's like you're just here. I'm here. We're here, and I just you know give. Well, you, I'm, I'm not. Gonna... I'm not expecting you to lick his butthole, Mike. But you would think you would reserve something like. I'm not really a fan of your band. Tonight. <laughs> Why? It's just you know, it's truth. I wasn't, but they were great live. And, for the for those you know. that don't know, Mike, if you're looking for anything but brutal honesty, you're looking in the wrong place. Well, okay. No, it's just honesty. With you, I'm brutal. (laughs) Yeah, I guess Chris Robinson probably wouldn't have taken that as brutal, but I do still think you should have left it out of the conversation. Yeah, well, I look, it went there, and and I was like, yeah, all right, cool. It's done. And we hugged anyway, so whatever. It's fine. Um, Great. All right, so now we know what we're listening to. Now we know what's coming out this week, which is awesome going to probably get a little thinner as christmas goes on though right as far as releases because usually around this time of year things kind of slow down um but i'm sure it'll kick up again with gift card purchases in january and they're probably scheduling albums for that already so yep yep um so we'll talk about that next year this will be our last show for the year um because that is news to me well because next week i can't do it and then the week after that i can't do it and then the week after (laughs) that i can do it which would be next year so um, because, I mean, who's going to watch us on December 27th? I'm going to be in Vegas anyway. I'm ne- I don't know anybody that goes to Vegas more than you. Maybe Gordon Ramsay, but. Well, yes. And, and you know how much I pay for it? A lot. Nope. <laughs> Nothing? Not for, not for the lodging. <laughs> that's well, that, always... well, that's worth something then. Yeah, exactly. Actually, it's worth nothing. Hey. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, I go to see our friends in Yachtly Crew, so it gives me an excuse to go to Vegas because they're doing uh, their last last bit of their um, of their residency for 2023, and I, I I don't know if they've announced it yet, but I think they have a lot of great news coming out for 2024 already, uh, and they are actually booking dates. So shout out to the guys in Yachtly Crew. Check them out at yachtlycrew.com, yachtrockband.com, and on the Facebooks and the Instagrams. Uh, they keep getting bigger. They do. They keep getting bigger, and there's more and more and more coming. they got a new single that's going to be coming out next year that's pretty awesome. So um, big things happening for them. So really happy for those guys. Uh, now, with all that said, uh, 
we're going to talk about Christmas things afterwards. Okay. But right now, we got to get into the meat of the matter. Like, so in other words, what we're saying is stick around because we'll have a small, like, what do we want for Christmas gift guide? Sort of that we're going to talk about just what we want because we're selfish. But maybe you want to <laughs> buy these for some people yourself. Or, or you want to buy them for us, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so, Kiss. Started in 1974. Three. First, well, they started in their first album. 73. 19, 74. 73. The first three were in 74. Uh, recorded in 73. Yes, but it was released in 74. <laughs> Jesus, don't fight me, Mr. D- D- Semantics. So, 1974, they came out. Yes, they recorded it in 73. <laughs> And they were playing before that, too. So they finished their 15-year, their 25-year end-of-the-road tour, finally, last week, essentially. It was December yeah. 2nd in Madison Square Garden, the second night of a two-night stint at Madison Square Garden. I knew way too many people there. I was surprised at how many people I knew that were there. Uh, and suppose that they just kept releasing like tickets like last minute too, and just filling in more seats and filling in more seats and filling in more seats. Yes. And uh, which is cool. Uh, but I feel bad for the people that paid like $2,600 face price when they first came out, when they probably could have gotten a ticket for like $300 the day before. Uh, so that kind of smarts a bit. We should have paid a lot of money. Yeah, no, I'm glad I wasn't there. I could have gone. But, I could have too. Uh, but I didn't. So, uh, and I'm, and I'm all right with that. I'm all right with that. But again, I had a lot of people that went, my, my entire Facebook feed was filled with videos and pictures and everything. And then, then I get something from kissonline.com. Now, Nick, you had told me about this because you were on some, like in some web group that like, there was like a meeting or, or you went to something some kiss army thing that you went to no that was um it came from kiss online but it was yeah. like it was um uh, like a like a teaser that said like you know at midnight tonight you'll see the future or forget i forget what the fuck it said but it was something like that and i sent it to mike and right away i've been on the train of i b- believe that kiss is done touring okay i don't think how we've known kiss for the last 50 years i think that's all done with however i do see them still headlining festivals like one-off things and for sure doing a vegas thing for sure i think that's in the cards so what i was saying to mike with this teaser thing i don't know if you're going to put up an image of it i'm going to try i thought it was teasing either a um residency at uh wherever they have the kiss museum and the mini golf and all that yeah it's at the rio the rio okay so i thought it was going to be that or of course it's been rumored for a few months that they were going to do the the uh the sphere so i said to um i said to mike i think what we're going to get right at midnight is that they're going to say we're going to do this vegas thing which i was like you would think they would give it like a fucking day before they start immediately going, okay, yeah, that's done, but here we still are. But boy, was I wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it's... Um, I'm trying to see if I can get this to pop up. 
um, it, it's it's becoming increasingly tough. Uh, so I, I probably can't unless I make a file. So anyway, the 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 problem is, and I know who this is. <laughs> <laughs> because this person went to the last three shows. I know one person that went to the last three shows. I think shows. I know who it is, too. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, um, th- they have this thing posted. There was this countdown, and it said, like, countdown to a new era. Yes. And I'm like, oh, my God, here it comes. Mini Kiss is going to take over for them and just start touring. <laughs> And that's what's going to happen. So we get this countdown. And then, of <laughs> course, yeah, countdown with a K. Yes, it was a countdown with a K. And they threw in an S in there somehow, too. I'm sure of it. So uh, and then there's this whole like welcoming page. And you needed to sign up for this. You needed to get like a QR code and you put it in your wallet. And it was like this thing for like NFT. I don't know what some digital thing. See, I was watching the pay-per-view and as the show was ending on the pay-per-view, it just went right into this trailer. Exactly. So, which is kind of really gross uh because it was timed ex- with i it was timed with everything from what i believe it was like all like what did the show end at midnight is that no just ended? before just before it was so like 11 11 30 or i think uh, okay so yeah this was at midnight eastern time that this went live I believe it was eastern time that this went live and i was there like looking at it like an idiot like counting down the minutes <laughs> like a kiss fan yeah exactly I'm like well it was more out of morbid curiosity because like i don't care that much but it was like but you cared enough to stay up and look i had to see exactly what form gene simmons would take going forward if it was going to be a rock and bruise commercial or would it be gene simmons family jewels the ninth season uh so one of the two so it turns out that they've turned themselves into digital avatars yes (laughs) the new era of kiss is that they are now digital animations of themselves, fully articulated digital animations. Where <laughs> Depending and, on who you ask. Yeah, well, and now Gene can actually breathe fire. And Eric, Eric Singer has lasers coming out of his drumsticks. And Paul actually summons stars. And it's like, what the hell is going on around here and my first thought after seeing that was they found a way to keep making money <laughs> yep that was with, the with first no, thought with no with no effort overhead. on their end with yeah, no, no overhead no the overhead is is well there's overhead i mean believe me i'm sure that costs money to do but i also think but somebody probably paid them to do it right to get the licensing for it so they made money off us this is Gene Simmons of Kiss. Listen, they made money off. Of, I'm being told that every time I do Kiss, every time I do Gene, I have to say this is Gene Simmons of Kiss. So, which is what I usually do. But you know, I must say that the, uh, if you didn't know, this is Gene Simmons of Kiss. We're now digital avatars, and I now actually have wings and can fly above the crowd without the help of a two-ton crane. It's oh, absolutely yeah. amazing. Oh yeah, it's like. I can be an actual war machine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, so I just want to say from my perspective, we're watching 
the pay-per-view. I had a small gathering here and because uh, uh, it was a way to show off the dragon and see the last kiss show and hang out with everybody so we're sh I'm, I'm playing it here everybody's watching and like i said kiss is like doing their gigantic steel panther ending to the show which is amazing by yes, the way yeah oh it's incredible so stuff's blowing up paul smashes the guitar they go up on these risers and you can see on the screen that this thing is starting and obviously on the feed of the pay-per-view they just cut to the digital feed so Mike, you remember there was like a 10 or 20 second intro that was like a new yep. era, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Yep. So then all of a sudden, here's the reveal. And uh, it, they're going to be avatars and blah, blah, blah. And like the two minute trailer thing ends. And everybody in my basement is just in silence. <laughs> and my buddy, Matt, who I don't know if Matt's watching or not he he's sitting here he's sitting at the bar here and he just goes uh, 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 and he just starts dying <laughs> laughing and he goes he nailed it like immediately he goes this is the rock and roll version of be be sure be sure what be sure to drink your ovaltine he's like this is like, <laughs> so you're fully out of a christmas story yes, yes and and then and goldfish was just sitting there and he just turned around after about five minutes and goes how could this have happened uh i i have to i have to acknowledge the inferno room um his company is called war machine marketing Yes. So he has War Machine merchandise. Uh, you need to change that to 2024 because this year's almost over. So you can use both. And also, as a testament to him, when I saw them and they were playing War Machine, I was filming it. I still have yet to send this to you, Ro. I know it's you. Uh, and and as they were playing War Machine, I'm just a war machine. Me and my friend Rob that I was with go marketing. And so like, it's <laughs> <laughs> so we have to send it to you because we thought of you and it's a testament to you and your war machine company. So, uh, yeah. And he's right. Yeah. Industrial light and magic did do the avatars. I'm not saying the avatars are bad. No, they're cool. But dot, dot, dot it's kiss as avatars and like it i almost feel like it, it's I, I don't know what to say man i feel like they should be in the movie avatar now like avatar 3 you know kiss underwater uh you know titanic 2 they raise the ship you know whatever it is any sort of james cameron film, no the, maybe the titanic fit. could be redone on a kiss cruise there we go the titanic comes back turns into a kiss cruise and they all, uh, Gene with his fire reheats all the solder joints and puts the boat back together again. I, I think that's, I, I think that's really, there's got to be something more to this because if this is what they think is going to make them more money, I, I don't know, man. I mean, they, they, they it's not gonna, what could they possibly do with it? I mean, kiss video games. Okay. Which they've done already. Yeah. That, that's already been done. Kiss Golf already exists, but you can't do that with avatars per se, which leads me to my next point. Now, you brought up that they might be doing a run of shows at the Sphere or something like that. 
I think this might be the setup for like some sort of holographic stage show at the at the at the sphere. It could be, yeah. You know, because they're already playing around with that with a and you know, I'm hoping to go there at the end of December to actually go in. They have this show called The Sphere Experience where it's uh like a 55-minute movie showing off the 120,000 speakers that are in the place and that's not a joke. Like there's literally over 100,000 speakers in the sphere. Um, and also the, the screen that's like 80 feet tall. Yeah. It's um, insane. No, it's b- bigger than that. It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, and then as you're going in though, there's this whole thing with like a holographic AI robot that kind of directs you where to go and gives you like a tour. Supposedly, this is what I'm hearing. I haven't seen it yet. I could be wrong, but that being said, I could see them repurposing that for kiss somehow. Yeah. Because that would be something that would be an attraction for the people that follow Kiss that paid $2,600 for a ticket and then still had to pay $4,000 for the VIP, you know, hang out with Kiss for 10 seconds treatment, whatever it is. Um, Kiss versus King Kong. Yeah, that's that's coming next. Um, But. Yeah, exactly. They've denied the sphere thing, at least for now. Yeah. They've I'm denied sure a they lot have. of stuff. They deny a lot of things. They deny that they're, you know, that they're, uh, that <laughs> they denied for a very long time that they didn't do overdubs on all the live albums. They, they, deny- they, they also, <laughs> they also were denying that, that, that they were using backing tracks and stuff, which is a whole nother thing. I don't yeah, care yeah, that yeah. they were using backing tracks, whatever. Everyone does it. Most do it. I shouldn't say everyone does it. Most do it. A lot do, but a I mean, lot- it depends on the, on the scope of it too. But, I mean, but they were I wouldn't saying. Say Actually, let me change that. I don't think a lot do. I think some do, and it depends on the complexity of the music. I think more do it than people realize. Like who? Most big touring acts, I feel like, are using backing vocals. Like Def Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Kiss, Aerosmith. Motley Crue is more more not live than live. So let's let's establish that. Let's establish another band. Let's talk about that other band that said we're never touring again and we're signing contracts. Then we'll take all their money and then we'll rip up the contract and go back on tour. See, okay, so here's the thing. This is something I do want. I wanted to bring this up here because it is. It's so like Kiss gets ragged on as they should about this is it. No, it's not. This is it. No, it's not. There is so many people that have done that, and especially recently. Like, do, do you remember a couple of years ago? I think it was probably two or three years ago. How Peter Frampton was going to be done? He's he's done. Now it's the Never Say Never tour. Now he's back. Ozzy's right, done it multiple hang on, times. Hang on one second. The Who have done second. it multiple times? Hang on one second. Peter Frampton has a physical issue. If he wound up being able to overcome the physical issue. That's why he was going to be done. If he was able to, or if it's in remission or it's been pushed back, that's a different story. I would continue to tour as long as I could too. But it was promoted as a farewell tour. It was promoted as that. So I'm talking specifically about people like you're saying about Motley Crue. We're done. This is it. Okay. And now, oh, we're back, which Kiss is guilty of. Okay, mm-hmm. and like I said, the Who are guilty of it. Ozzy's guilty of it. Um, 
Motley Crue, Peter Frampton. I mean, you could run down this list. Eric Clapton. I mean, there's so many people that do it, but for some reason, it's like, oh, Kiss. Oh, this is, this is like their 40th farewell tour. But somehow when everyone else does it, no one says shit. It's like it's okay for them to do it, but not Kiss. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. I agree with Jerry. Devereaux created this problem. He did. Didn't Judas Priest remember Judas Priest, the epitaph tour? That was in 2011. They're still going. Scorpions have been on a farewell tour for seven years. It's like this. It's like the new thing now to do, which is fine. But I'm just saying, I don't understand why Kiss gets all the flack. Because they've been doing it since 1998. <laughs> it's been whatever 23 years of farewell yeah, but, tour but they did say the farewell was it was that lineup was done and it has been the, those mm. four guys have not played since then we can and, talk about that too they didn't they weren't even invited to come out on the last the last what does that say I can't, it's oh, Devereaux, Devereaux. and <laughs> he had to wait almost 50 years but he finally won jerry yeah, like sent that to me and he's he's right he's right <laughs> That was another kind of bummer. Like you got two guys in Ace Fraley and Peter Christ that they could have at least invited them out or like everybody put their stupid shit aside. Now, if they did invite them, cause you know, you're going to hear two sides of this, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, well, well, you know, they, they asked me, but then they weren't going to pay me and I couldn't go on stage unless I'm getting paid. You know, I'm yeah. Ace Fraley. I mean, I yeah. got to get paid. And uh, I want to get paid. So, you know, they're using, I got this guy who looks just like me playing way better than me. And then I got to play and I got to sound shitty and they won't pay me. I could see that conversation happening. It probably, my feeling is, um, I don't think they were asked. I don't think they, they were, um, just because, uh, they've made it clear they meaning paul and gene have made it clear that they were wanting the lineup that they had of eric singer tommy thayer and the two of them which to be fair was the longest running kiss lineup in history by mm-hmm. a long shot yeah um which you have to give credit where credit's due yeah they they wanted they said this is the band now you know they wouldn't you know what was the line they would always say we wouldn't be here without peter and ace but we also wouldn't still be here if peter and ace were here i get what they mean i understand because those guys as important as they are to the recipe they're they're self-sabotaging so let me ask you this let me ask you this if if rush where neil peart was the new guy mm mm-hmm. Okay. Retired and John Rutzi, you had still been alive mm-hmm. when it, when they retired, would they have called them out on stage? I think they probably would have. I think they would have. Yeah. I think now, you're right. Yeah. Would, was John Rutzi an integral part of rush for a very small portion of their history, but yeah. they would have done it. Yep. Ace and Peter were a huge part Massive. of the first 10 years of kiss. Yep. Nine years of Kiss, including the 72 stuff. So I'm going through 81 here uh, just because you're going to get all specific on me. So um, now with that said, and they are right, they would not have been there without Ace and Peter. And yet after Ace and Peter, there were some hits. There were. And there were a lot more albums. There are a lot of misses. And to the point of 
you know, is Kiss really guilty of, guilty of it? They retired the original lineup, but not the Gene Paul, Eric Tommy lineup. Well, they also re- retired the uh, Eric Bruce Paul Gene lineup, and they retired the Eric Mark St. John Paul Gene lineup. And I understand none of those guys, I mean, apart from Bruce, uh, you know, Bruce and Eric were integra- integral as no well. No doubt. Well, that's you know? where, where, does, where is the line? Because Bruce is a super important part of KISS. Yes. A super important part. Hi, As, Bruce, if you're watching, yes. happy birthday. Happy yeah. belated birthday. Yes. Um, it's a absolutely essential member of KISS. So to me, if you're going to have... If you're going to have Ace and Peter, you have to have Bruce Kulick. Vinny Vincent's a toss-up. I think he's important to the history of getting them back on track because he wrote Lick It Up. Yeah. He reinvigorated the band. He's part yep. of a, he's a big part of a huge turning point in the band when they took yep. the makeup off. I agree. So, so is Vinny included? You know, so I think for them... I, I think it's wrong. I think those people should have been involved. But I think if I you're do. them... One, we know they... They refuse to share the spotlight, right? Okay, so there's that. There's the ego thing. But there's also where where is the the line? Because if you have any ace if you have Ace and Peter, you gotta have Bruce. You've you should have Vinny Vincent. And what Look, are those th- guys there play? Are, there are six members of KISS that were not in the band in this last iteration. Four of them were alive. Yep. I think you could do a song with each of them. You could, you, you should, know? and, you and should. that should have been the thing. And here's why: the biggest reason why I say this is because at near the end of every show, Paul Stanley said, "Kiss is for the fans, right? The fans want this, so why not do for the fans? Because Kiss belongs to the fans. Give the fans that whole thing." Vinnie Vincent could have come out, played Lick It Up, and ran off stage. Bruce could have come out and played any number of songs and then gone off stage. Ace and Peter could have came out, had two drum kits set up, have Eric and Peter playing, and have Ace out there and do rock and roll all night. Yeah, that's all. I think everybody would have been happy with that. And and that would have been perfectly fine. And that's why I don't appreciate the fact that they're just like, well, no, this isn't that part of the lineup anymore. Like, okay, I get it. You're getting your money. You don't have to pay... At least acknowledge the fact that they didn't even mention their name. Well, that's the that's the thing, especially if you really if you know their whole story and the history of them coming together in New York City and yes. what they went through. Yes. And and it was those four guys. And and no matter what you say, because no matter what, Paul and Gene are the ones that have carried it on through come hell or high water. It was the two of them. But for for fifty years, I should say. But like to me, it, it, it is a disservice because they should have, I felt, as a fan, because like you just said, they've always been, oh, we're, we only do this because of the fans and they're, they're why we're here. We wanted that. And I wanted to see it end how it began. And I wanted to see them put their shit aside and play fucking rock and roll all night. You know, I don't care if you play the backing track. I don't give a shit because I, I had a friend of mine say, don't you think if they were going to do that, they would have done it at the rock and roll hall of fame. And I understood that idea, but the answer is no, because that doesn't benefit kiss. 
what benefits Kiss is them doing it on their terms. So I thought for sure that they would bring those guys out. They would play rock and roll. I actually thought that four of them would play Strutter because it was the first song that they yeah. wrote, you know, 10 blocks from Madison Square Garden where it all began. So I, and it's a simple fucking song. You don't need, you know, yeah. you don't need any craziness going on. So I kind of was, I was telling all my friends that I thought that that's what would happen, that they would bring Ace and Peter out at the very least. Uh, felt- even if they didn't play, even if they didn't play, just to bring them out and acknowledge that, you know? I mean, shit, even Pink Floyd got back together and they hate each other. Right. And they played. And, you know, Roger Waters could, could and, and, and David Gilmore would kill each other most of the time. But they yeah. were able to get on stage again and play music, whether it be one or two more times, whatever it is. They're not doing it ever again, I would have guessed at yeah. this point. But at least they did, you yeah. know? And you figure this is the last time. If it's truly the last time and the end of the road and there's no other opportunity. Now, this is not without precedent, okay? Because other bands have done this before, not as big. Yeah. All right. And I don't mean to be critical of friends of mine, but Slayer didn't get back together with Lombardo for the last shows. Right. I was I was bummed out by that. Jeff Hanneman obviously couldn't attend. Yep. He was currently at the time he was dead. Yeah. Uh, and was not coming back. So he attempted to make a comeback. It didn't work. Um, but, you know, Lombardo could have come back and played a couple of songs and the fans wanted that, too. And I wanted that as well. Yep. But things being what they are, I get it. A little bit different, though, with Kiss, you know, because Ace made that makeup work and Peter made that makeup work for as much as I bust on Peter's drumming prowess. Um, you know, they were the integral. They were they were Kiss. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying you need to bring out, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, geez. Why do I forget his name now? I mean, you don't need to bring out Bob Kulik. Well, <laughs> he's know. dead, so yeah, you can't bring him out. dead, so you can't bring him out. You can't bring out uh, Dave, uh, what's his name, who played for Alice Cooper, um, guitarist for Alice Cooper back in the 70s. Oh, Dick Wagner, he's uh, dead. Dick Wagner, sorry, yeah, he's dead. You can't bring him out. Uh, but you could bring out Anton Fig. I'm not saying you should, right. but you could have brought out Anton Fig. But I'm not saying to bring out these ancillary, you know, like uh, trivia question uh, no, people I, that but play Ace, on albums. Ace, Peter, and Bruce Kulick should have been involved, without yeah. a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. And, you know, somebody said, well, uh, you know, I, I think Bruce was in Europe during the last Kiss shows. Well, those are booked well in advance, and I'm sure if they told Bruce, hey, we want to have you come out, I'm sure he probably would have changed Bruce, if Bruce actually wasn't in Europe. He was in New Jersey, which is why everyone thought he was going to be there. Oh, there you go. And I know that you know him. Again, hi, Bruce. Happy belated birthday again. I'm glad you're watching, if you're watching. If you're not... You're missing fun. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, yes, Gall McCartney is right. They should have done the entire show with Anton Fig. <laughs> and then uh, Paul Schaefer should have come out from the the David Letterman band and Will Lee and Sid. And we'll just have actually David Letterman's former backing band playing while the four guys sing up front. There that we go. would have been, yes, that would have been perfect. Um, but anyway, I don't. To sum up, I don't think they're done playing. I don't, you know, I think they'll do like we know Paul McCartney, uh, Paul McCartney. We know that Paul Stanley, we know Paul McCartney is going to be playing, too. He's touring again. Yes. 
Um, but Paul Stanley is still going to be playing with his, you know, soul and funk review that he's got now. So he's obviously still going to be involved in music in one way or another. And I don't see Eric and Tommy stopping, you know, uh, Gene may for a little bit, if he's concentrating on eating his hot dogs and other things at rock and brews and making pizzas or whatever he's doing over there. Um, but I don't see them stopping. Yeah, I, I, um, I don't think this is the final Kiss show ever. I think they may, they may say, well, it said end of the road tour. Right. Not end of the road and we're never playing any shows again. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. I've been saying that since day one. I just think this ends Kiss as we know it, Kiss. Like, the, you know, where you could count on every other year at the very least that you would you would see them or they be coming mm -hmm. around or they be doing something you know obviously they haven't done a new record in almost a decade but thank god yeah right exactly well that was <laughs> what i was going to say about clockwork angels i was gonna i said to goldfish the other day i was like you know for this record coming out at the, the same year as monster you know you have yeah. to you have to look at the two and go well you know, this one is really good, and this one is really not good. Yeah. This one so, is really good, and this one is Monster by Kiss. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I don't think. I, I do think we. we I, I think the Vegas thing is is a is a thing for sure. I think that's going to happen because they can stay in one place. They can design the show around them. It's a destination thing, and um, they could turn it into some sort of gathering you know thing where yeah. fans come from all over the place so i think that's gonna happen um i think gene i personally think you're gonna start seeing gene on the uh and i don't mean this in a negative way because we both know a lot of people that do this i think you're gonna start seeing gene on the uh uh comic book convention tour meaning you know at the uh motor city comic con you'll be able to meet gene because people like alice cooper do it people like um D. Snyder do it. People like Sebastian Bach. Um, obviously, Gene is a fucking icon. I would say I Alice. Say, as, as, as I would say Alice, Alice is, is but I mean, like Alice and Gene may be in the same category, but Alice is in a lower part of that category from a, from an, uh, a notoriety point of view, whereas Gene is. But here's the thing. You know, People, you, you'll see a line three hours deep for people to pay $100 to get an autograph from Alice Cooper. So you know mm -hmm. that line will be five hours long and $200 to get a Gene Simmons autograph. It so, will actually be $300 and eight hours long. <laughs> so, you know, and, and I don't mean that just because Gene wants the money. I mean, that's something of it. But I, I Gene is definitely a guy that I think he enjoys the... Um, the interacting with fans and interacting with people and reliving it because you know he's been like the archivist for the band since the beginning you know you see yeah. all the shit that they they put in the uh reissue bo uh, booklets and things like that all of that stuff is coming from gene's collection he's he's he loves kiss um for better or for worse and and Paul does too, but I think Paul gives less of a shit than Gene does. So I, I think Gene is going to, because Gene's 75, you know, I, I don't know how much longer Gene's going to be around for. Hopefully, I hope he lives until he's 175, but, you know, I think he he will, um, he'll be a lot more accessible, I think, than Paul will, personally. I I'll tend to agree with that. I think that Paul will still paint and still be out there in 
you know, art galleries and doing those kind of appearances. He, he, he really, I think Paul wants to leave a very different legacy than Gene. Yeah. Um, you know, he wants to be known literally as an artist, mm-hmm. you know, both musical and painting, you know, and he, he does have some nice paintings. I mean, the, yes. the guy definitely has talent and, you know, I wouldn't be upset having a, an original, an original Stanley. Uh, <laughs> I think that would be kind of cool or at least a lithograph signed by him or what have you. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. And I do think they're both going to be visible, but in very, very different avenues. Yep. Very different avenues. Um, now speaking of like the merch thing, you know, making money and how Gene likes to make money. And, you know, I, I got a link. Uh, I, I got to see if I can find this uh, news tour VIP kiss shop. There we go. So the kiss army is still in effect, by the way, of course, um, you know, you could still pay and be part of the kiss army. Now here's the funny thing. There's, there's kiss end of the world. There's like a whole section of KissOnline.com end of the road section i'm i wait i gotta count how many t-shirts this is for end of the road uh let's see end of the road alone so it's one oh wait no i gotta get to, wow okay that's three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen nineteen twenty two one two two three four five six seven eight nine thirty three one thirty two Seven, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43. I'm still 44, laughing at one's, one's good and one is Kiss Monster. 50, 50 Kiss t shirts. 50 for end of the road tour on the end of the road thing. 50 t shirts. That's not including long sleeves. That's not including hoodies. That's Jackets. Inc- yeah. I mean, it's not clear. 50 Did you see t-shirts. the jacket? Did you see the jacket they were selling at the show for four hundred and fifty dollars? Oh, they have that here, with them stitched on the back of the Empire State Building. Uh, oh, let's see. Well, there's a bomber jacket. It's like two hundred dollars, and then there's like a oh, varsity no, 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 jacket. No, no. no, this one, this one isn't stitched. This one's only two hundred dollars, and it's uh, printed. Uh, but it's a jacket. Uh, and it's it's not of the empire it's not the empire stapling one now but then they have shirts that say i was there like okay you weren't you bought it online i was there sort of i was there to buy this shirt online you know it's like the amount of people that you talk to that say i was at woodstock there were like you know what 500,000 people at woodstock and like 2 million people said they were there right so like get it right <laughs> It's just crazy. Oh, and then there's a keychain. That's that's fifteen dollars for the keychain. The end of the road keychain. Uh, let's see what other silly merch. Oh, let's see the uh, end of the road wall flag. Forty dollars. Uh, end of the road casket. Um, no, that would be funny if there was an end of the road casket. That would be fantastic because that literally is the end of the road. Did you see? Did you see? D. Snyder said that he won't believe that Kiss is over until he sees them all in Kiss casket. <laughs> And even then, they'll charge at the wake. <laughs> yeah, they'll be live streaming Gene's funeral. You know, this is Gene Simmons from Kiss. It's in my will that there will be at least three showings when I pass away. There's going to be a 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Then there's going to be a 7 to 9 p.m. two-drink minimum. 
<laughs> mandatory coat check. <laughs> mandatory coat check. And uh, there will be valet service. Kiss valet. Valet with a K. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, coat check has the two Ks, yeah, too. It's, it's the KISS coat check, also known as the KKK. We can't call it that. It's very bad, so I just call it the KISS coat check. The But I do, just to sum this up, I do think, um, I'll relate it to this, which, I, Mike, I know you hate the fucking Grateful Dead, but when they, did, when they did their last shows in 2015, during the last song, while they were performing the last song, they showed on the screens every person that had been in the dead from the beginning. So it showed. And that's all, good. That's a tribute. You're right. Exactly. It showed every person, whether they were st- still on the stage or they had passed on. And it, and it showed everybody as a celebration of, hey, this was 50 years and this is what we did and we all accomplished this. And no matter the business side of it, the bullshit that we're in, it was all of us, you know? And I think that I, you know, while they were ending rock and roll all night, there was no reason that they couldn't have showed a photo of everybody that had been in the band and had contributed to the success, because whether you're a fan of eighties kiss and you love Bruce Kulick and Eric Carr, or you just came into it 10 years ago. So you only know Eric Singer and Tommy Thayer, or if you're a guy that's been around for 50 years, like, all of those people played a hand in getting it to what it what it ended with at Madison Square Garden in 50 years of like an incredible career, you know. So yeah, it, and it's not like you know. I mean, obviously Eric Carr couldn't be there, right? Right. But they could have showed his photo. Yeah, but they, but that's my point. You're right, but why? It's not like they even ended on bad terms with him. Right. He died. Right. If he didn't die, he may very still very well still be in the band. Yeah. You know, if I mean, maybe not because he's like, I want to do my songs. But, right. you know, maybe that would have come to a head at some point. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's not like they ended on bad terms. With them. The, the guy passed away, yeah. you know, and things didn't end poorly with Bruce, I don't think. I no, mean, he just no. sort of just moved on, you know, and. Um, so, Bruce had a great quote in Guitar World one year where they asked him, you know, when he was like showing his collection and stuff, and he said, you know, I think it's common knowledge that when they w- agreed to do the reunion with Ace and Peter, they paid Bruce and Eric Singer for a year because they weren't sure how long it was going to last. They weren't sure that they could rely on Ace and Peter. And Bruce said in the interview, he's like, I heard that the tickets went on sale for the Tiger Stadium show here in Detroit. And he's like, and it sold out in something like 45 minutes, which was unheard of at the time. You know, and he was like, I said right then, well, that's it. No more kiss for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And uh, because obviously people wanted to see that. It's not like they didn't like Bruce. They wanted to see the originals. Yeah. And kiss the originals hey can i buy your can i buy your kiss the originals no you cannot oh good i got two copies anyway yeah now i do i got a copy it's better than yours no you don't yeah i do my japanese one that's a a friend of mine has has one with all the inserts white label promo how about that well he can just you know lick my butt (laughs) well let's see Dennis Smith says, I heard Springs Bruce Springsteen was trying to be an avatar, but the computer thought he sucked. Okay. It's not even a good punchline. No, it's a great punchline. It's because it's so silly. And it's awesome, and he's correct. Um, 
Okay. So, and he's correct. And he's correct. Let's see if there's any quotes in here. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I agree, though. They should have mentioned the other members and did some kind of tribute to Mark St. John and Eric Carr. Yes. You know, uh, spill a little out for the fallen, right? Uh, but then we have, uh, nope, Ace and Peter only because they're OGs and only other the only other two guys anyone truly gives a rat's ass about. That goes to uh, Pistol Pete. Yep. Uh, let's see. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, from the Inferno Room again. Gene will still be doing his axe guitar events where you get to spend time with Gene for a few grand. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. No doubt. You know, I, I still have to pay, you know, taxes. <laughs> right. <laughs> that doesn't stop. <laughs> no, it does not stop. So um, if anybody has any more to add. Oh, wait, there is one thing I did want to go over really quick. The set list was, I think, the same every <laughs> Night. Gold, Goldfish pointed out, he's like, I can't believe they didn't change one single thing about that show from when we saw it in March of 2019 to the last show on December 2nd, 2023. It was that the four-year set list. <laughs> and I, the funny thing is, is, of course, you know, I got kissed. I paid to see that show, if you count the pay-per-view, four times. <laughs> there you go. Same so you saw thing. the same list four times, which we shall run it down for you really quickly. I have it right here. Uh, first, they opened uh, the song Rock and Roll by Led Zeppelin, played them in, Yep, which I found interesting. It has for, um, for a long time. They've forever. been doing it for a while, but I still find it interesting. It's still like, hmm, okay. Uh, then, of course, they open with Detroit Rock City, okay? Yep. Followed by Shout It Out Loud, then Deuce, then War Machine. Marketing. Uh, yep. Uh, Heaven's on Fire. I Love It Loud, where Gene breathes fire. Then this was an odd one. Say Yeah. We're going to get to Say Yeah for me later on in the show. I got another one, too. Uh, well, that was from Sonic Boom. In fact, I think it was the last song on Sonic Boom. It was, yeah. It's yeah. Like... And uh, so here's how it went in the audience if you weren't there. Now, this is a song from Sonic Boom. Crickets. <laughs> I said Sonic Boom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, when you think of all the classic songs that got left off the farewell tour set list to be able for them to do Say Yeah, it's it's mind-boggling. Oh. I mean... My brain hurt during that song, and I looked at my friend Rob I'm like, I don't know what the hell this is. I Put up the Gull McCartney comment. Oh yeah, if you, <laughs> if you got if you got ripped off by Kiss, say yeah, yep. yeah, it's yeah, true. yeah. Um, but that was at least followed up by Cold Gin. Okay, then Tommy Thayer had his guitar solo, which was you know. I mean, the, these guys didn't play to the level that they could play to. They played to the level of the audience going, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, then uh, Lick It Up, where they actually played a part of Won't Get Fooled Again by The Who, and they've been doing that for years. Yep. Uh, calling Dr. Love, a great, great call there. Now, this one I wasn't really thrilled about. If you're going to go deep track again, this wasn't the worst call, but I think there were better. They played Making Love. Yeah. And it's a cool tune. I was stoked. It's a cool tune, and they played it fine, but I think there were probably better deep tracks that they could have gone with, in my opinion. Um, but 
Anyway, they played it. Uh, and then they played uh, Psycho Circus, which I actually like Psycho Circus. I dig that song. I think it's actually one of the better later Kiss songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, drum solo. Drum solo! Uh, then 100,000 Years. Great tune. Bass well, solo! Uh, right. Uh, and Gene Spits Blood, as it says here. And then, of course, you go from the bass solo into God of Thunder, which was awesome as well. Uh, Love Gun, where Gene, uh, where Paul jumps on a zip line and goes to an, uh, uh, an auxiliary stage around like the first tier of people. And uh, <laughs> the funniest thing was in Baltimore. Here you can go, Baltimore! Over 50 times. Yeah. Yeah, in LA, it was Los Angeles! Yeah, over and over and over again. I know! <laughs> Yeah, yeah, in uh, Detroit, we always get, which, he, of course, he said this last time, was, you know, when we were opening other places, we were headlining here. <laughs> he says it every time. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and then I was made for loving you, which for the L.A. show, for the Hollywood Bowl show, I will say was probably one of the best performed songs like it it like you felt it like it was good mm-hmm. as much as that's one of those really sort of uh i don't want to call it a controversial kiss hit mm-hmm. but it really was polarizing when it came out on on the dynasty album and because it was basically disco yep you know and it really wasn't written by them <laughs> and uh you know it, it was different uh, but they they played it. I mean, I, it was one of the best performances of the night, and the crowd was into it more than most other songs, which was nuts. Yeah. So I don't know if it was just the L.A. crowd or what. Uh, and then they finished up with Black Diamond as as part of the part of the fart as part of the main set. So then they do encore. Yeah, they go off stage. Big shock. They're coming back. Um, no, really, they did, and it starts with. Eric Singer singing Beth. Now, those of you who have never seen Kiss live, Eric Singer has an amazing voice. He does. I'm not even kidding. I mean, he's got a fantastic voice. So he pulls it off really, really well. He pulls it off better than Eric Carr did. He pulls it off better than, almost better than Peter Chris did. Uh, but he's got a great, great voice. Then they played Do You Love Me, which made me really happy. That was a good call. Um, yeah. Because that's not something I actually expected to hear. And that song is very much, uh, if if you never heard the song or if you heard the song and haven't really listened to the lyrics, listen to them. Yeah. You could tell Paul's like kind of pissed yep. <laughs> writing that song. Like, you really like my limousine. You like the way the wheels roll, whatever. You like my seven-inch leather heels and go into all the shows. But... Do you love, Do you love me? me? And the whole song is is all about this. But like, are you just a hang around or do, are you actually interested in me? Right. And it makes a much bigger statement, which is why I really was happy that they were playing it, because in a way, I kind of took that as humorous that they were playing that, you know, yeah. at, the, at these last shows uh, and then finished it up with, of course, rock and roll all night, which is a two minute, 45 second song that had a six minute finale outro <laughs> that you got your going. money's worth uh, that oh, ending yeah. with the pyro and the fire and the smashing of the guitar and yeah and paul saying uh all these years 
Did you get what you came for? If if any of you want an idea as to what the ending of the show was like and how many endings there were, if you've ever seen Lord of the Rings, it's like watching the last of the trilogy and how that like it ended and then 45 minutes later it ended. That that's kind of like what it was. It just kept ending and ending and 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 I wasn't upset. No, it's awesome. I yeah. wasn't upset. Um and then can we get one more? <laughs> was the very last thing he said. And that's how they went off. And then for the final show, that's when the Avatar video started playing. Like, uh-oh. <laughs> and then this? a lot of people, so unless you had the pay-per-view, you didn't know that this happened, but they show the Avatar thing, right? Everybody's in disbelief. And then they go back to live at Madison Square Garden, and they, have, they had like a radio host. I forget who she was, but... Um, I, I, I'm not sure who it was, but she had hosted like before they went on. And like, so now she was in the back. Right. And she's like, yeah, we're going to see if we can interview some of the guys. Right. So there's Jean, right? So she grabs Jean, oh, Jean, you know, what was it like? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, you know, it was very emotional. And uh, I don't know if you saw, but we're going to live on as avatars. He immediately goes into the sales yeah. pitch of Just the like avatars. And then all of a sudden just takes a hard left and starts talking about how he had a kidney stone at the end of his you-know-what. Like, going into deep detail of it, and we're all sitting here like, why is Gene taking this opportunity to talk about that? You know, uh, excuse me, Nick, this is Gene Simmons of Kiss. I'd like to speak on that part, if I can. Um, I mentioned the kidney stone because I was going to have a hot dog, and I heard that that's a remedy. The mustard is a remedy for kidney stones. I understand it breaks them up and makes them come out the front of your schwanz, as we call it in the Yiddish. He said schmackle, actually. Schmackle, schmackle or schwanz. You can, you know, or schwanzduka. Uh, pick any, um, you know, type of uh, 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 word, analogy, anything that you can draw a conclusion with, anything with an S that you can stylize like a half Z as in there, like schmackle with, and, a, and, with a kiss S. And he also schmackle. said he also said he was going to put it on eBay. So, well, <laughs> it is on eBay. It is uh, the uh, detritus from my schmackle uh, on on eBay. Uh, it's actually eBay with a K. It's Keybay <laughs> now for Kiss. The eBay. K is silent. It's uh, a silent K. It's actually at the end, followed by a Q. So he gets done talking, and then she's like, "Oh, it, let's see who else." Oh, it's Tommy Thayer. Now there's Tommy Thayer still in his makeup but he had a robe on and he's giving an interview <laughs> everybody's like why are we hearing from tommy thayer <laughs> nobody wants to hear from him like just be happy well, that i want to hear from tommy thayer no, I mean, no I'm, you sure don't. He has, I'm sure he knows some words oh yeah he was like yeah i thought it was a great show he was like when they interviewed you know the winning team after the football game yeah it was a great show and blah 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 so then I, I'm thinking that she's going to try and talk to Eric Singer or Paul Stanley. Well, next thing you know, she's like, well, we only got time for one more interview, so let's grab, oh, here comes Shannon Tweed. 
And everybody, like, it's like, why are we talking to Shannon Tweet? And she's wasted. Like, I don't think it was planned that she was going to be on. So she's on there slurring it up, not knowing what, yeah, it's really, it's really emotional. I can't believe it's over. I don't know what Gene's going to do with himself. Blah, 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 going on. It was just like the most disconnected shit to end this thing I've ever seen. I, I don't, I mean, that's kind of odd considering that, like, Gene doesn't do anything. Right. Like the dude is just like straight as an arrow. Like he right. doesn't do anything. So that's that's kind of shocking. But Kiss is done. Question mark. Um, this was the end of Kiss as we know it as of right now until the next version <laughs> comes. I, you know, again, this wasn't to solve or give any information away as to what's happening next. We have no clue. This is just us speculating about it. So I hope you enjoyed that. And if anybody else has um you know any uh, any other speculations put them in the chat oh this is actually cool before we close out the sound check party was cool they played christine 16 firehouse shock me plastic caster and nothing to lose that's a better set list yeah they did <laughs> in many they, ways they did something close to that in detroit it was like i wasn't there but i had a bunch of friends with, that were there i think they played plaster caster nothing to lose shock me um but they didn't do Christine 16 and Firehouse. It was like two other, it was two other yeah, yeah, yeah. songs from that era, though. Like Love Her All I Can, maybe. And then, um, wow. And she, that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, that would have been cool. I would have yeah. been great if they threw that in the set. Yep. Uh, I guess maybe they figured the biggest fans were the ones that spent the most money and they know she. Yeah. Um, well, anyway. and it's not like anybody would have complained if any of those songs had been changed out for Say Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, all right. So, again, if you have any other anecdotes or anything you'd like to contribute, put it in the chat. Uh, what I'd like to talk about now really quickly before our last two segments, which are coming up, and there are our most famous segments, which is Discovered and This, this Song, song sucks. sucks. So you got to stick around for those. But really quickly, Nick, I want to talk about what we want for Christmas. <laughs> And just a few things that we could throw out there that, you know, we would like, but that would actually make really cool gifts for people. So what's what's first? What's first on your list, buddy? Oh, man. Let me think about this for a second. I'm a terrible person to buy gifts for because I'm one of those guys that's impatient and I just buy shit for myself. The same here. <laughs> so I, I've, same here. I've, I've always been a terrible person to buy for for my parents, for my girlfriend. Uh, everybody hates getting me gifts because I buy everything. Um, <coughs> excuse Somebody me. Get him a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Somebody get me a shot. Um, no, some cool stuff that has, that has come out, um, that we've actually discussed on this show before. I think a great gift for anybody in, in your, uh, life. That's a, a vinyl person is some sort of record cleaner because i don't think a lot of people realize even when you buy a brand new record how much shit and dirt is on those yeah uh on those lps so even if you get something like the spin clean which is extremely affordable mike's pointing at his uh record doctor right that's the one you have the record doctor no you... no i have the project vce he's got yeah he's got a high-end one i've got a vpi yeah. um 
both are amazing his is very affordable for the for what you get i think what was it 300 bucks 350 was uh, on it, sale was, it was 500 on sale for 400 but let's see if it's still let's see if it's still on sale because i mean it, it jumps in price a lot yeah it fluctuates um, you know and uh because there's there's a couple of different ones there is something called the record doctor which the difference between what i have and the record doctor this one automatically turns the record and then has a vacuum that takes all the liquid off of it when you're done the record doctor has it's a manual turn yeah um, that's right so for me i didn't want that one because i didn't think it would be as consistent uh yeah the one i have is the project vce there's also the vcs2 which is larger that one's on sale right now for $5.99. It was like $8.99. The VCE is this one. It's a little bit smaller. It's still $4.99. It actually went back up, so it's $4.99. Even still, it's it's worth your money. It's worth it, yeah. And you hear a huge difference in your in your sound quality of your records, and, of course, it uh, extends the life of your records because you're getting all that shit out of them. So I've actually but, done comparisons here with and without. I actually, and I, I we got banned for it. For Well, actually, it yes. wound up getting completely... Uh, 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 the, the the what is it the uh, copyright people got really angry at me because I used a really it was an OG copy of Let It Be that I found for like three dollars. Yep. But it was hammered like there was dirt in it everything and I played it, it was like crackling it sounded like popcorn. It did. It sounded like popcorn and then I used it I put it through two or three times on the machine and it was almost dead quiet. So, I mean, it really does a good job. Yep. And especially if you have a larger record collection, not just a larger record collection, if you buy used records, you need something like this. Otherwise, you're doing and adding more dirt to your stylus, which is expensive to replace. Yes. Uh, and also to elongate the lives of the life and uh, of your records and also sound better, period. Yep. So and that's what we're all in this for it. usually. So, yeah. but even I, I have to say, um, even the spin clean, which is super affordable, yeah. it's like seventy or eighty 70 bucks. bucks. Now, yeah. now that's all manual. You got to spin the record through and you wipe it down and everything. But even that improves the uh, fidelity and the life of your uh, records and your stylus. So if if five hundred bucks is is I understand it's a chunk of change. Not a lot of people see the value in that. Even the spin clean will will help assist you, and it's a great it's a great gift. No, that is a good one. Um, for me, one one gift, and I actually got this for my birthday, so I can't get it for Christmas. But Nick and I were joking about this and actually a little angry about this. Now, every year, it seems almost every year, Rush comes out with a box set commemorating the 40th anniversary of whatever album came out 40 years prior. And um, Moving Pictures came out late. Yes. Because, uh, because of the pandemic. So that is what it is it came out in 82 the album was released in 81 whatever fine i got that in 2022 2023 they released signals so we're looking at it and it's like 229 dollars, and you get this that and the other thing and it's there's usually with all the rush box sets there's always some sort of concert from that era uh there's uh you know usually a blu-ray disc uh, with you know the the uh, Dolby Atmos uh, separation surround sound of a replay of the album what have you um, on signals they give you the Blu-ray but there's no concert and the only real extras are four reproduction seven inches and I thought it was kind of a bummer because it was two hundred twenty nine dollars Nick's like don't even bother getting it now it's going to drop in price yep I said all right fine so th remember this came out earlier this year about eight months ago something like that eight nine months ago. At least I think it was eight, nine months ago. Um, and 
it dropped about three months later to about 199. I said, Nick, you're right. It's dropping. Well, then I look right before my birthday because I was getting asked, what do I want for my birthday? I said, oh, maybe I want that. Let's take a look. It's about $162. There you go. The week of my birthday, it was 149 Oh, my God. This is two weeks ago, right? <laughs> right afterwards, it dropped to 125 I just checked the price of it now, one thirteen seventy. God, I might pull the trigger on it at that price. <laughs> so if you're looking for a box set that has for $113, a lot of great stuff. Yes. But not so great at $229. Uh, yeah, pick up the singles box set. I will say that the album sounds great. I mean, the the it, the 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 cut of this album sounds great. So uh yeah, you can find that on uh, something that rhymes with Bamazon. Don't send people there. I'm not trying to, but that's what they have. Because literally, it's being sold by Amazon at that price. They're like giving them away. I think soon they'll give you 50 bucks and the box set if you wait a little longer. Sweet. I'm going to keep holding out then. There you go. What's next up on your list if you have anything? Oh, I would definitely say the Nakamichi Dragon. All right. So and how much is that? <laughs> no, we, we, not the Nakamichi Dragon. Um, No, what's come out this year that I think is a great stocking stuffer uh, release i would say the who who's next uh, i don't know if that's a stocking stuffer that's a 10 cd box no set. no well there's a 4 lp version and even just the regular oh, okay. version on half speed mastered vinyl you can that's a classic record the new cut sounds amazing um so if you want a nice clean copy of that um that's what that was a super cool release that came out this year the new Jimi hendrix uh live at the hollywood bowl that's pretty cool um what what else has come out this year that's been pretty pretty over the top? Well, what, from what I understand, this is next up on my list, and I did put it on my Christmas list. Uh, the Beatles re-released their greatest yes. hits uh, double albums, except they released them as triple albums. So the yep. Beatles 62 to 66 and the Beatles 67 to 70 all remixed. And from what I understand, it's otherworldly good. It's cool. I have not heard them yet. I have not heard them yet. It's cool. You know, I mean, we could do a whole episode on that because I'm a Beatles fanatic, yep. junkie, and a nerd about it. It is. Yeah. It, it's different to hear the songs that way, especially the early stuff. That's really yeah. when you hear you hear the the change in stuff. Um, I do want to clarify. I think I did the last time we br brought up the Red and Blue albums, um, but people should know that the stuff on the Blue record, which is mostly stuff that they've reissued in the past few years with the Sgt. Pepper box and the Revolver box and the Abbey Road box and all that, those mixes that are on those box sets are what's on the Blue album now. So they aren't remixed again. They're, no, they're, they're, they're the remixes, but... But they're the 2017, yeah. 2019, you know, whatever, whenever those sets came but out. But the early stuff. The red one is all yeah. brand new stuff. It's all and brand new mixes. I think on with one of them, you get the seven inch of the new song. Um, Blue, Blue just has now and then on it as the last track. I thought there was a seven inch included in that too. I might mine, be wrong. Mine doesn't have a seven inch. I think the one I saw did, which was be cool if i get that one uh yeah. i but I, I could be wrong but i know the song is on there yes but i thought it they also included a seven inch of it but i i could be i could be off on that i just remember seeing that was part of the package i thought it said seven inch so um so yeah that would make for the beatles fan even the yep. casual beatles fan 
uh, makes for a great, uh, great gift. I think if they, if I remember that correctly too, from what I read, the first two albums of each one are just those those songs, and then the third album is all the remixes or whatever they decided to remix. Because there's 2023 remixes on this. Yeah, on the so, red. On the red. Uh, all right. So now I got to check again because I thought it said it on the blue too. So um, if you look on uh, um, what is it called? Apple Music. It'll tell you which versions that everything comes from. So some say 2023 mix, but then like, um, like something is the 2019 mix. All right, I'm looking at the wrong one. This is this is two CD. I'm looking at the wrong one. Hang on one second. Let's bring this up because I want to make sure that we tell people the right thing, and I don't want to think I'm crazy. You can buy all these products that we're talking about too at RockCityMusicCo.com. Yeah. So disc three. It, yes, they can. Uh, now and then is on there. Yes, uh, and then the 2018 and 2019 and 2021 mixes are on disc three. So, uh, actually, it's there's a lot of things in here that are 2023 mixes. It looks like there's remixes from Magical Mystery Tour. Yeah, that's right because there was there's no box for Magical Mystery Tour. So those are remixed in 2023. New remixes on the blue. Correct. Um, and then Old Brown Shoe 2023 mix. Which that's uh, strange because that was on the Let It Be box. Hmm. So Revolution, that's Revolution 2023 mix. That's correct because when they did the White Album set, they just did a 5.1. They didn't do an Atmos. So okay. that's correct. Yeah, there's there's a lot of 2023 mixes on here. And there's a lot of 2015 mixes on here, too. Um, it's really interesting because mm, it, it's all over the place as far as when these were remixed. It's Let It Be 2015 mix from 2021 mix. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Anyway, uh, they're supposed to be phenomenal sounding, and I can't wait to grab them. So. They sound great. Yep, and those are varying in price, too. I mean, they're jumping all around. Uh, what do you have it at? Oh, uh, shit. $300. No, 70 bucks each, I think. Yeah, they're not inexpensive, but they are triple albums. Yep, so. and the presentation's done very well, and they yep. are half Speedmaster vinyl, too. Yes, so you get all that in the package. I mean, it's 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 worth picking up, especially. And again, especially if you're a diehard Beatles fan, but even if you're a casual Beatles fan, it has all the quote unquote hits. Yep. Uh, let's see. All right. No, it does not come with the seven inch of now and uh, now and again or now and then now and you and I. It does not come with it. It said you could buy this with this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I was going to say. Twelve inch. Yeah. No, I was yeah. I was wrong on that one. That's that's my bad. So glad we got that clarified. Um. You know, and then of course, I, I mean, you know, Rush mustard is is good for anyone. If you can find Rush mustard, it makes a great stocking stuff. Oh, here I got something I want to show, just like you did. Tell, talk about one more thing, and then I'll grab it so I can I can show it off. Uh, sure, yeah. Well, let's see. As far as other things, you know, there's still it, it, there are a lot of box sets out there for some reason that are dropping in price tremendously. Like I recently got the Black Sabbath Paranoid Super Deluxe Edition which has like a f different versions of the recording because they actually have the quad 
stereo version of it folded back into stereo. Um, I was just talking about the Black Sabbath Paranoid Super Deluxe Edition, mm-hmm. you know, which actually comes with the quadraphonic stereo version, but it's folded back into stereo. Oh, nice. Uh, so, uh, and it sounds great. I mean, it definitely sounds different than the standard one. And then you have, you know, again, for the Black Sabbath fan, there's a lot of Black Sabbath box sets that are now, you know, the prices are dropping down. And a lot of those are remixed by Stephen Wilson. And Stephen Wilson is one of the foremost remixers out there. His, his ears are phenomenal. People really seek him out. And he's remixed basically almost all the, new, all the Black Sabbath albums, remixed all the Yes catalog. He just uh, did that Who's Next? He did the Who's Next, exactly. He's done a bunch of Jethro Tull. He's done most of the XTC albums. Yep. Um, I think he's also done... Um, I think he did... Did he do Vienna? by uh ultravox uh, probably yeah. i think he did so i mean he's you know he's got his finger on the pulse of of these great albums and and uh he's done the just, whole yes catalog too yeah i just said that he oh did, did yes you say okay. yeah he did the second chicago album you know yep. he just uh, things that just sound so much better after he gets his hands on them uh, it's great. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that out there. I'd recommend any of those. And again, you know, you're finding a lot of places right now because of economic times, they're discounting. You can get some really good deals out there. Unfortunately, you wind up buying for yourself then, but they do make great gifts for others if you so choose. Yes. And you can do all of that at Rock City Music Co. You got it. <laughs> uh, last thing I want to I want to show, uh, because who doesn't love a good beer? Uh my friends in Blackberry Smoke have hey. they have their own beer from New Realm Brewing Company, which is of course in Georgia, their home their home state of Georgia. Um, these it was very hard to get this at first. It was, it, of course, extremely popular, um, but now they're shipping it, so you can get it. Actually, uh, a family member brought this up from Georgia uh, for me, but you can have it shipped to Georgia. Uh, or from Georgia to your front door. And the beer's really good. It's a light beer. Um, it's the lager style. Um, just a nice, refreshing beer, but the can is awesome. That and, is a cool can. That's a cool label on there. And uh, my buddy Britt designed this label. And it looks like him. Yeah, right. It does. <laughs> it does. And uh, it's also a uh, thing to note that... Um, Proceeds of the sale from this beer go to the Lana Turner Foundation, which helps um, donate money to uh, Children's Hospital, where they um, help research for cancer um, in children because uh, Britt's daughter had uh, brain cancer when she was a young girl. And uh, it's a foundation he founded to help fight that so parents didn't have to be in it alone. So sales from this beer go towards that cause. So it's definitely a great thing to support and an enjoyable drink. And the can looks fucking awesome. So shout out to those guys as always. And uh, you won't be you won't be disappointed picking this up. Nice. Well, those are some of the things that we want for Christmas, or maybe you want for Christmas, or maybe you want to buy it for us for Christmas. Uh, but hey, go away. What was that? Uh, I want balloons again. Yeah, how did I up. do that? Just you know, we wanted to celebrate that. Uh, well, we can't. I don't know how the hell you did that before, dude. That's just so weird. Um, but now it's time for our final two segments: discovered and this song sucks. Now, discovered is where cover to cover, the name of the show, comes from, and that's where we discuss a cover song that we like as much 
if not more than the original. Now, for me, both of my songs are Kiss themed. Okay. I went with I went with I doubled up with Kiss. So, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Let me go first because I didn't pick a Kiss cover. Okay. Or a Kiss themed cover. Okay. Um, this was just brought to my attention uh, last week uh, by my uncle. Actually, uh, it's brand new. It's by this band called um, Fantastic Cat, who I was unfamiliar with up to this point. Um, but they did a phenomenal cover of Band on the Run. Oh, nice! By, by of course Paul McCartney and Wings, produced by and featuring backing vocals by the the great butch walker or oh, as wow. or as as mike bob refers williams, to him, bob williams bob williams um yeah. no outstanding cover it 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 pretty much follows the original um but the, you know four lead singers in the band so each guy takes a verse and uh great slide guitar playing from butch um it's just a great rendition of that song which i think is one of its top 10 mccartney songs for me maybe top five even um i love that song and if this is a great cover and i like it as much as the mccartney version so um check it out a fantastic cat band on the run and i started checking out some of their original stuff too which is really really solid as well power poppy cheap trick um a little bit more rooted in like multi-part harmonies like a little crosby stills and nash mixed with cheap trick if that makes okay. sense like um, folk folk pop yeah yeah but like yeah it's still it's still soaked in rock but it's 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 more melodic than most so yeah it's re it's really cool so fantastic cat nice and i'm sure if it's uh you know produced by bob williams it's gonna sound great because butch walker is a phenomenal producer too not just yes. a great musician just an amazing producer so yes i mean anybody who works with taylor swift has to kind of know what they're doing yeah that's one way to put it yeah <laughs> no they know what they're doing yes <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for me, I went again, I went with both choices. I went with kiss themed uh, mine's sort of like a double double. It's not that I like them better than the kiss versions. It's just these are really good versions of these kiss songs done by others. One that I discovered very recently, and it was a shock stone sour stone sour featuring Corey Taylor and Jim root from uh, slipknot amongst others. Um, did a cover of love gun that is okay dead dead faithful to the original and Corey taylor does a really good paul stanley on it he really pulled it off really really well it sounds so good so you know check that out on apple music or spotify or what have you find it it's cool the other one i just wanted to throw out there because it's kiss themed on two levels uh and that's this was never recorded i've seen them do it and you can find it on youtube Pantera used to play Cold Gin a lot live. And they kill and they come, it. Yep, and they absolutely slay it. And it's kind of paying tribute to them, too, because both Dime and Vinny, when they passed away, were buried in Kiss coffins. Yep. So That uh, Kiss were, gave them. Kiss gave them, yes, for a small fee, I'm sure. No. No, was... I'm sure that they gave them to them. But, I mean, uh, at the same time, you know, these two guys were such huge Kiss fans. They were tremendous Kiss fans. So, you know, it's, again, paying tribute to both Kiss and to the brothers. Um, so, yeah, check those. Check out Cold Gin. On, just go on YouTube. You could search it. You could find it. And it's you could find some really good mixed versions of it. I don't know who did these, you know, soundboard recordings, but they're, they're good. Uh, and, again, so, uh, Stone Sour doing Love Gun. 
So it, it, wait, I just want to point out one thing. Kiss covers, the greatest Kiss cover of all time, and I've said it on this show, is the helicopters doing All American Man. Okay, and moving on. Play it. No. Nope. Tell me I'm fucking wrong. I don't have it. Uh, you know what I do have, though? I know what you... Now, again, that was the OG version, but we have to go through all of them. And this one still makes me laugh. There's there's no doubting that that's a telly on that John Mellencamp no, song. It is 100% Telecaster. Could not so, be more Telecaster. Sounds like a Telecaster through a twin loud. As one does when they record. <laughs> yeah, All right. Terrible. So, hey, wait, before, d- does that get uh, copyright infringement? Once in it? a while. Yeah. Once in a while I get yelled at for it, but they let it go. Um, well, you're fighting authority, but authority always wins. Exactly. So it's kind of kind of appropriate and ironic all at the same time. Um, so I'll go first on this one because that's usually how we do it anyway. Uh, Kiss has recorded some wonderful songs over the years, and then they haven't. And um, I forget what album this is off of, but you need. All right. If you're a Def Leppard fan. You're probably a fan of Pour Some Sugar on Me. There's a song that Kiss recorded called Read My Body. <laughs> that could not be more of a ripoff of Pour Some Sugar on Me. Now, I tried to pull audio for it uh, for the show because um, I know I know that Uncle Gene is going to be there being like, they used our song without our permission. They owe us $250,000. <laughs> Um, but in this case, it would be completely worth it getting sued by Kiss. So let's see if I could find it. Um, read my body. Kiss. This is a bad one. All right. So I found it. It's off hot in the shade. That's what it's off of. Well, first off, let's. All right. Let's rewind. Let's play a little bit of Pour Some Sugar on Me, right? Now we know this song. <laughs> How bad is that intro? I hate that intro. It hates you. I've usually turned it off by this point already. Well, now, we know how this goes, right? Yeah. All right, now. (laughs) Read my body. Uh, Man, I got to tell you. Yeah. 
I mean, come on. Come on. Blatant ripoff. So, yeah, that's getting my this song sucks. is re- Now, it's not that bad of a song because it's pour some sugar on me. <laughs> you know, so I guess it's not that bad of a song, but it's really bad that they could not be original enough to write their own fucking shit and just made this song. Now, I do have I do have a, 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 an honorable mention. It's not necessarily the song that's bad, but the title is awful. Dance all over your face, um, which is from Lick It Up. So I just wanted to mention that. What about you make me rock hard? Well, that's just bad altogether. <laughs> What about uh, all night? Um, I, I actually don't mind uh, all night. No. You make me rock hard was the song that in Kiss Behind the Mask, the book where they went song by song, and they interviewed everybody who was involved with the songs, including Ace and Peter, like for their era, and then Bruce and Eric Singer and stuff. And Bruce Kulick said, "This song is not a song to be proud of." <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. Uh, <laughs> Before before I say my song, I just want to I, I just want to show you that I've located the limited edition Kiss Final Shows Golden Ticket, which is available on KissOnline.com. Comes with a certificate of authenticity. The ticket looks like a gold bar, and the cert is signed by the four current members of Kiss for the low price of three hundred and fifty dollars. They handed those out at the end of the last two shows. Right, and they probably kept 10 of the boxes to sell at yeah, 350 Of course. Um, yeah, okay. What's your, uh, what song sucks on your end? Uh, it's got to be Say Yeah. It's just, it's so <laughs> awful. I it mean, is not good. It's not only is it not, not good, but like... The fact that I was subjected to it multiple times is what makes it even worse. Because no, not what makes like it, it even worse worse is that you paid to be subjected to it multiple times, right? Including on TV. Gall McCartney, what did you say? What was your statement about say yeah? It was something like I said. There's so many better songs they could be playing, and he goes yeah, including ten other songs on Sonic Boom. Yeah, really. It's like Jesus. something like that's the worst song even on by Sonic Boom standards. And Sonic Boomin's not good. Yeah, it's well. What about uh, Modern Day Delilah's not bad. That song's okay. Yeah, but that's but about it. Most of the album is not good, and uh, like nobody's yeah, perfect. Say yeah is is probably the worst of the worst songs on that album. That's not true, actually, because I just remembered the song "Stand" is on there. Remember, I even fe- remember, maybe I blocked it out. Oh, featuring the amazing lyrics. It's a dual Gene Paul vocal. Oh, they, they trade vocal. Yeah, oh. it's like shout it out loud. But uh, that's where they say in the chorus, stand by my side. I'll be next to you. Oh, yeah, that is. And then Paul goes, when bad. you need me. That reminds me of uh, who is it? David Lee Roth on Skyscraper had a song called Stand Up. And uh, the, the, the chorus goes, stand up, stand up. The more you do it, the less you fall down. <laughs> That's literally the lyrics of the song and with the with the urgency that he sang them. So yeah, way to go, Diamond Dave. That that should be that'll probably be in next month's this it's song sucks. Still better than like three lockbox or any Sammy Hagar. God. Uh let's see. Oh, here we go. Love is love's like a muscle and you make me wanna flex. 
worst yep. lyrics ever. Yeah, let's put the X inside. I'm I'm actually all right with that, to be honest with you. I mean, it's because uh, it's funny. <laughs> he Paul's singing just at the absolute tip of his range. Oh, that was another thing about the show. Like everything was down a step and a half. Like, ugh. and he was and he was still struggling, man. Yeah, it was uh, it was rough. All right, kids, we're done. Thank you all for hanging out with us. Nick, where's your store? Or what is your store? <laughs> Rock City Music Company. And where are you located? Five Mile in Farmington in Livonia, Michigan. And where can we find you? RockCityMusicCo.com and all social media platforms. And what's your favorite color? Red. And who's your favorite member of Blackberry Smoke? Uh, Britt Turner. Oh, you actually admitted somebody. It wasn't Charlie. It wasn't, you know. <laughs> well, I they... love all of them, but if I'm going to be put on the spot, I'm going to say Brit. Okay, fair enough. Well, we I'm are. I'm going to uh... hear about that, too, because those guys watch this show. So, they're <laughs> hey, man, what the fuck? Well, listen, if they're watching, come on the fucking show, and then we can arm wrestle. Well, he can arm wrestle. Nickel arm wrestle over who's his favorite. Live on the air with a we need to get Paul Jackson bear. on here because he he's the one that would fit best with this whole thing. Uh, they all fit. Yeah, but Paul <laughs> is has the same sense of humor we do. <laughs> well, and also by the way, anybody who's watching who would want to be or could be a special guest, you do not have to participate in this song. Sucks. We understand that it could be polarizing for you and your future. So yes. uh, let's you know we're, we're, I'm I'm okay. If you don't want to participate in it, that's fine, uh, but we'll do it. Uh, so anyway, that is all. My name is Mike. That is Nick. Roger is running around here. Thank you all so much. Have a very happy holiday. Safe holiday. Happy Hanukkah, because I think it's day five or six right now of Hanukkah. Yep. Joyous Kwanzaa, if you observe. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Little Christmas, which is probably about the time we'll be back. I think right around then. So. We could do that. Uh, and that's all. We'll talk to you all later. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks Peace. for all the support this year. Yes. Appreciate it. And now go buy stuff from Nick. Yep. That Then I'll...